Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. One of the things that you've learned since you've been attending Passion is that when the Lord repeats something um, and says something through various channels that you need to listen, he doesn't repeat himself because he doesn't have anything else to say. He repeats himself because he's trying to get our attention so that we will listen. And this morning I, I sense very strongly that he's, he is uh, saying ditto over and over again. Every song that was selected, I think, and and the vision that Miranda shared, and then the word that God has given me to share with you, I think that he is trying to grab our attention through repetition. I want to talk to you this morning about the danger of distance. Um, I started thinking about my experiences, my experiences on the road when I drive my car. Many of you have had the same experience I have. You pull up behind one of the, uh, a rather large vehicle, uh, and in huge bright red or sometimes yellow, caution yellow letters, it reads this. Right there in your windshield, you can't help but see it. It says, stay back. Some say 100 feet, some say 200 feet. Um, the insinuation is, is that if you continue to tailgate them or to follow them at any closer distance, that you are putting yourself in a dangerous position. In fact, the insinuation is, is that for the health of your car and in fact, for the health of you, for your health, that it's best to hang back and to keep your distance. You've seen those signs, and you've ignored those signs. Or is that just me? Uh, I tend to tailgate. It's hereditary. I get that from my father. Um, but we're instructed to keep our distance, and we fail to do so, to, to avoid danger, but we continue to get as close as we can possibly get to those vehicles. And I won't even deal with the problems that we cause by doing that, but we tend to crowd them and ignore the warning. And so in this instance, we're told that too close and we suffer the consequences, and yet we remain six inches from their bumper. Ironically then, when we begin to deal with God, we are told that there is danger in staying too far away and yet it seems to me that we continue to refuse to get any closer it's funny that we're told not to get close to the trash truck but we're told to get as close to God as we possibly can and instead we continue to distance ourselves and we fail to recognize that there is danger in distance and so this morning what I want to do is I want to challenge you to do some distance deliberation See, in the three years of Jesus' earthly ministry, the high-profile, publicized, miraculous ministry, there was a constant. In Jesus' life, there was a constant. He, uh, it, was, he, it was always there, uh, it, right in the middle of it. It was on the scene. It was in the mix. He was often called the chief of the disciples. He's always mentioned first when the disciples are listed. He's the rock. 
He's the water walker. He's the one who first recognizes Christ as the son of the living God. He seems to be at Jesus' feet at every turn. He's the one that's quick to debate. He's the one that's quick to defend. And he's the one that's quick to deny. Wait just a minute. That, that, didn't, that last one didn't fit, did it? Because here we're talking about a guy that was right under Jesus' feet, that hung on Jesus' every word, that was right there to defend him when anybody would say that he wasn't the, the son of God, that would actually take arms up if necessary to defend. And yet the last statement still is true. Not only was he quick to defend, he was quick to deny. How is it possible that someone that was so committed, so sold out, so all in, so loyal, that he ends up denying Christ? And what I would submit to you is that Peter experiences and teaches us about the danger of distance. I want you to look with me in Mark chapter 14. Just a few passages of scripture there familiar. You know the story. Mark chapter 14 beginning in verse 53. We're going to read verse 53 and 54 and then we'll skip later in the chapter. But it says, they led Jesus to the chief priest where the high priest, religious leaders, and scholars had gathered together. And Peter followed at a safe distance until they got to the chief priest's courtyard where he mingled with the servants and he warmed himself at the fire. Another version says like this in verse 54. Peter followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. Mark chapter 14 verse 69. The maid saw him standing there and began telling the others, there he is. That's the disciple of Jesus. Peter denied it again. A little later, others standing around the fire began saying to Peter, you, you are too one of them, for you are from Galilee. And he began to curse and swear. I don't even know this fellow you're talking about, he said. The danger of distance. See, I, I just want to say a couple things to you this morning that I really believe that God has been de dealing with me about myself and about our body and just following Christ in general. I've come to the conclusion that if we are not careful, we will allow some things to happen if we don't recognize the danger of distance. If we're not careful, we will allow lack of miracles to distance us. Let me see if I can explain. Peter distanced himself from Jesus when the miracles seemed to stop. Now, let me say it like this. I, I can guarantee you this morning that if Jesus had flexed his, mir his miracle muscles on Pilate's steps or if Jesus had, uh, while hanging on the cross, had suddenly uh, bowed up under the power and the anointing that was inside of him, that, that resided inside of him, if he would have bowed up and miracles would have come flying out, I guarantee you Peter would have been right there on the scene and he would have said, that's my boy. See, I told you guys, I told you who he was. I, I declared it and you wouldn't listen to me. I, he would have come out of the background. He would have come away from the fire and he would have declared I told you who he was and y'all wouldn't listen to him but because there were no miracles in this moment because Jesus didn't flex his miracle working power when he's standing before the chief priest because there was there was no God display because there was no rush of angels no God show there was no miracles then Peter allows distance to take place 
how, how, why do you think I how can I prove it? I, I think I can prove it because if you read back through the account of the New Testament, what you discover is it seems like every time Jesus is busy doing miracles, Peter's right there by him. He's stuck to him like glue. As long as there are miracles flowing the way that Peter wanted them to flow and had planned for them to flow, then Peter was all right and there was no distance between him and Jesus. But now all of a sudden, there doesn't seem to be any miracle working power and there doesn't seem to be any God show. And so now there's distance in the mix. And I bring that to your attention because I want to ask you about you. What, what if the miracle you so desperately believe for and that you've believed for so long is slow in coming? Or what if there's absolutely no indication that there is going to be a miracle at all? What if you're in a season of your life where from the moment you feel that you've been given the promise until the fulfillment of that promise is a long span of time, what happens to you when that takes place? What happens to you when, when Jesus doesn't take the actions or follow the plan that you've laid out for him to follow? See, some of us base our loyalty to Jesus on his actions. And if you base your loyalty to Jesus solely on his actions, when you go through a season where Jesus doesn't act like Jesus, because we all have this predefined idea of what Jesus, Jesus is supposed to be like, I pray and you answer. I say, I need and you're on the spot. I'm desperate and boom, you show up. He's our genie in the bottle. We just got to rob the bottle just the right way, say the right prayer, demand the right things, and he shows up mysteriously and performs. And, but, but, but what happens if Jesus doesn't act like Jesus? That's called following Jesus at a safe distance. Only follow him when he does what you want him to do. The second thing I noticed is that if we're not careful, if, we, if we're not careful and we don't understand the danger of distance, what we will do is we will distance ourselves in pursuit of comfort. Peter distanced himself to comfort. I, 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 the Bible says that when Jesus is marched into the courtyard of the chief priest, that Peter follows him at a safe distance and he goes and warms himself by the fire. It's comfortable there. Y'all just kind of went all quiet on me. I, see, I just need to remind you that Jesus is not really interested in making you comfortable. He is committed to your character. Jesus had this tendency while he walked the face of this planet and he continues to, to operate in this tendency and that is this. Jesus rattles our cages and Jesus jerks our chains. And Jesus bumps us and challenges us and, and maneuvers in our life to make us uncomfortable so that we will change. And if we fight to be comfortable, we fight against change. See, what, what Peter did and what we continue to do is we distance ourselves to a level of comfort. Peter distanced himself to fit in. It is amazing to me how much we look like Jesus at church. And then how unlike Jesus we look like when we leave this building. 
Because at church what happens is we try to fit in. And so since we're trying to fit in, we know the language, we know the actions that are necessary to help us to fit in. And so we, we adjust our, our words, we adjust our attitudes, we adjust our, our deliberations, we, we adjust everything to fit in. And so what takes place is, is that we fit in, but we don't look like Jesus anymore. For some of us, it is a subtle change. For some of us, it's just subtle. The things that you used to laugh at, you don't laugh at in here, but when you get out of here, you laugh out there. I'm, I'm, I know you're distracted, but I need you to stay with me this morning. Come on now. You're going to miss the most important part right here. If you be, This is what happens. We fight being uncomfortable. And so what happens is this. You wouldn't dare laugh at the joke in here, but you'll laugh out there. And you wouldn't dare act like that in here, but out there. In, an or, in order to be comfortable and to fit in. Okay, y'all don't have to believe me. I'm just telling you that, that for some of us, it is a subtle change, but for some of us, it isn't subtle at all. The change is complete. When we leave this building, our conversation is altered completely. We're a fan in here, but we're a distant follower out there. You're on fire in here, but out there you're just by the fire. It's about being comfortable. Safe distance is what we're looking for and we're trying to find. Fitting in, listen, fitting in is comfortable. Peter desired to be comfortable. He warmed himself by the fire. But too many of us fit in. We're, listen to this statement. You've got to get this in your spirit because I think this de defines many of us this morning. We are more committed to comfort than we are to Christ. And so what happens is, is uh, we choose churches on being comfortable. It's too loud, man. I'm not comfortable. I'm going somewhere else. It's too hot. I'm going to go somewhere where they got the AC working. They're too different, man. I got to find. Oh, listen, I'm just, I'm just telling you what the Lord told me. We, we choose churches based on comfort rather than on Christ. Does it make me feel good? What if you feel good and you're comfortable, but you never encounter Christ? What, 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 if, what if it pushes all your buttons, but you don't have an encounter with Christ while you're there? See, I would submit to you that if you're comfortable in church, you need to get nervous. See, because if you don't leave here bleeding occasionally, then you need to be careful. If you get along with everybody here and no one challenges you, then you need to, to make, you probably need to look, look at yourself a little bit in the mirror and figure out whether or not you're comfortable or whether you're encountering Christ. Because what I would say to you is that iron sharpens iron. And what I would say to you is that we're supposed to rub one another the wrong way occasionally to help us grow and mature. Because if you're comfortable, you're in the danger zone. See, I've discovered something. Comfort and Christ-likeness don't usually coincide. Y'all missed that. I'm going to say that again. Comfort and Christ-likeness don't usually coincide. And so if everything is hunky-dory in your life and it's a cakewalk and God isn't prodding you and God isn't chipping away at you and God isn't wonderfully wounding you, then you may need to check whether or not you're where God wants you to be because if you're comfortable, you may not be Christ-like, just saying. 
So what happens is we distance ourselves to be comfortable. We refuse to get close to anybody because that's not comfortable. We show up late and we leave early because that's comfortable. Comfort is overrated. Comfort is not the recipe for growth. Comfort is not a desired characteristic of a disciple. Comfort may keep you warm, but it won't keep you close. Third thing I've noticed is if we're not careful, what we will do is we will distance ourselves with conversation and with companions. Peter distanced himself with conversation and with companion. Distance impacted his mouth. And the Bible declares very clearly that out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth will speak. And so in other words, distance will show up on your lips before it ever shows up in your feet. So my question is simply this to you this morning. How do you talk about him? Or maybe a better question this morning is this, do you talk about him? Because your conversation will reveal what's going to take place in your feet because it will show up on your lips before it shows up in your feet. And if we are not careful, what we do is we distance ourselves from Jesus through our conversations. And then secondly, distance made him comfortable with different companions. People that would have been enemies suddenly become part of Peter's entourage. The Bible says, I read it to you out of different versions so you can catch the flavor of what's going on here. The Bible says that he literally went and sat down with the guards. Rather than hanging out with Jesus, rather than hanging out with the disciples, rather than hanging around with people that really cared about him, he instead runs and hangs out with the guards. See, what Jesus thought used to be important, but now Peter's more concerned about what these folks think. We will quickly choose people over God. Stay with me this morning. Many of us will substitute human companionship for holy company. Fear of being alone. Fear of being an outcast. Fear of being rejected, fear of being different, fear of not fitting in will cause us to substitute the warmth of a man rather than a relationship with the Son of Man. And we distance ourselves with our companions. And so, here's the question. Why do you not want to hang out with the folks that get you closer to Jesus? I, I, you used to want to, but now you hang out with a new and a different crowd. And my, my question is, why? Why are you no longer comfortable being with the ones who hold you accountable? I know being held accountable is not comfortable, and it's more comfortable to fit in with everybody else. But why are you now distancing yourself from Jesus by distancing yourself from relationships that God has ordained and assigned to sharpen you and to keep your sinful desires in check? Why are we running away from relationships that were established for our good? See, what I've discovered is this, is it is at a distance that we become comfortable with our actions 
And it is at a distance that we become comfortable with our attitudes and our habits and our behaviors. And suddenly when our attitudes and our actions and our behaviors more closely represent the people that we're hanging around with than they do with Jesus, the reason for that is because we've distanced ourselves from Jesus through our relationships. And what happens in that instance is that their standards become our measuring stick rather than Jesus' standards. I'm preaching right now, and I'm trying to help you. Some of you have quit hanging around Jesus enough, and you're hanging around everybody else. And so now, when you have a question about morality, and when you have a question about what's right, and what's wrong, and what's black, and what's white, you no longer ask Jesus, you ask them. And what they say goes, and it doesn't matter if Jesus stamps a veto on it, you will still do what they do, because now you're more concerned about their standards than his standards. And we find ourselves in a dangerous place because we have distanced ourselves through our conversations and through our companions. So this morning, some of you need to listen to what you're saying in your conversation. Because some of you would have not dared talk the way you talk now two years ago. Some of you wouldn't even been in the conversation two years ago. And now you're comfortable in the conversation. Okay. Some of you need to examine your companions because two years ago, some of you would have never hung out with the crowd you're hanging out right now because you knew that they would pull you away from Jesus, but now to be comfortable and to fit in and because you're at a distance, you feel like it's okay. See, if we're, here, here's the last one and I'll get out of your way because some of y'all ain't liking this, but that's all right. See, if we're not careful, we will distance ourselves into, into denial. Peter distanced himself right into denial. Let, let me tell you two things that will happen, and I'll, like I said, I'll get out of your way. There, the longer you stay at distance from Jesus, two things will happen. I can guarantee two things will take place the longer you stay away from Jesus. The, the, the greater the distance, you used to pray every day, now you pray every other day. You used to come to church every week, now you're like once a month. You used to read your Bible Every morning, now it's once every six weeks. You, 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 let me just tell, I can guarantee you what will happen if you continue to distance yourself. Are you ready? Number one, you'll get cold. You will grow cold. Peter, away from Jesus, is cold. Imagine that. Away from Jesus, what used to move you will no longer move you. The further and the longer you stay away from Jesus, I can promise you apathy will set in. It's inevitable. In fact, I, I think this is a perfect illustration of it. What takes place in Peter's life is a perfect illustration of what takes place. Here's a guy that hours before drew a sword to protect Jesus and now because he's cold, he sits at a fire and watches people ridicule Jesus, pull Jesus' beard out, strike Jesus, spit on Jesus, and plan to kill Jesus, and he doesn't do a stinking thing. Why? He was cold. See, if the longer you're away from Jesus, I can tell you this morning what will take place. Your heart will grow cold. Your worship will wane. 
your fire will go out. If you stay away from Jesus, your passion will die. And if that wasn't bad enough, there's a second thing that will always take place. And that's this. You will deny Christ. I I, I just need to guarantee you this morning of this fact that if you stay at a safe distance from Jesus, your fire will go out and it won't be long and you will deny Christ. Peter swore that he wouldn't deny and he ends up swearing while he's denying. It may not be a vocal denial like Peter's, but the further you stay away from Jesus, it is just a matter of time before you will deny Jesus in your attitude, in your conversation, in your morals, in your use of money, in your choice of entertainment, who you hang out with, your lifestyle. The longer you stay away from Jesus, as you grow cold, it is just a matter of time. There will come a moment in your life I, because I can assure you that the results of distance that Peter experienced have not changed throughout history. This distance always leads to denial and denial always leads to destruction it's inevitable if you don't want to deny Christ then here's the key you have to stay close to Christ see the goal is not it blows my mind how God has been talking The goal is not to see how far away we can stay. Teenagers crack me up. They always want to ask, well, how far is too far? Wrong question. And it would be a funny question, except I know they've learned to ask that question by watching us. Because we try to see how far away we can get and still be considered safe. The the goal is not to see how far away from Jesus we can get and still be considered safe. The goal is to see how close we can get to Him. In fact, I've never found a church yet. I'm sure they're probably out there, but I I haven't found one that that will say, Hey, uh, the goal is to stay at a safe distance from Jesus. Don't let Him get into your work life. Don't let Him get into your, your friend selection. Don't let Him get into your marriage. No, just stay as far away, just stay at a safety. No, that, that's not the goal. The goal is, is to get absolutely stuck to him so that we can't tell the difference between him and you. And yet we continue to follow at a safe distance. May I ask you a question this morning? What is a safe distance from Jesus? I, I have a couple of conclusions that I've drawn by watching some of us. A safe distance must be close enough to get to heaven, but far enough away to keep heaven from getting to you. Close enough to watch him and listen to him, but far enough away to be able to live the way you want to live. How close to Jesus are you really? See, I've come to this realization in my own life, and I'm just going to share it with you. I shared it with our staff on Thursday morning. Nobody drifts to intimacy. Just go through life, work my job, get up, don't pray, don't seek God. And all of a sudden, six months later, I woke up and I'm closer to Jesus than I've ever been. Never works. 
we don't drift to intimacy. Here's what we drift to, distance. If I'm not careful and I don't develop a plan in my own life and I don't have people that hold me accountable and I don't have a regular check-in with Jesus on a daily basis, moment for, for me, I'm probably more messed up than y'all. I need a moment-by-moment moment check-in with Jesus because what I recognize is if I don't do that on a regular basis, I don't drift towards God. I drift away from God. And I wake up and I, and I find myself doing things I had no... No thought that I would ever do, saying things that I didn't think I could ever say, and laughing at things I never thought before were funny, but now because I've drifted, I just want to make a declaration to you this morning. You can keep your distance. I don't want it. I want to be as close to Jesus as I can possibly be. I have discovered in moments in my life that the most fulfilling time of my life is when I'm as close to him as I can possibly be. Keep your distance if you want to. But I just want to declare over us as a body. And may I be a, uh, make, make a uh, presumption and make a declaration for you as well. That we want to be a group of people that are as close to Jesus as we can possibly be. I don't want to live at distance. I don't want to drift into the danger of distance. Coach Norman Dell had coached his ragtag team to the Indiana Regional Championship basketball game. And in the finals, they square off against the heavily favored team from South Bend, and they're getting beat. Coach Dell looks at one of his players who is trying to guard South Bend's best player and failing. And trying to encourage him and challenge him to rise to the occasion because they're about to lose the game if he doesn't step his game up. He makes this statement. It's one of the most famous statements in the entire movie. He looks at that player and he says, think of him, talking about the opposing player, think of him as chewing gum. And by the end of the game, I want to know what flavor he is. And the movie progresses and the game goes on and the, the guy steps his game up and he begins to shut the player down and finally somehow, some way, the, the, this ragtag team win the game and the player walks past his coach and almost nonchalantly says, thin team. And walks. My question to you this morning is simply this. What flavor is Jesus? Have you been close enough to him lately in your own walk? Have you pursued him like you've pursued everything else? Because if you're not close to him, there is a danger if you're at distance. And I just want to challenge us this morning to renew our passion and our pursuit of him because he's the one that really matters. Father, this morning I pray that as we've been challenged, you would speak clearly to us and we would examine our own life. And Father, if there's distance in our conversations and distance in our companions, if we're growing cold, if we're denying you by our actions, if we're trusting the standards of somebody around us rather than living up to your standards. 
if we're drifting towards distance rather than coming wholeheartedly, passionately, purposely towards you, then I pray that you would challenge us this morning. And we would pursue you with everything that's within us. God, I pray that we would take stock right now of our own conversations. What have we been talking about? We recognize this morning that distance will show up on our lips way before it shows up on our feet. God, I pray that we would examine relationships in our lives and we would come to an understanding that who we hang out with impacts whether or not we hang out with you. In fact, often who we're with reveals who we're not with. And I pray this morning that we would be more concerned about being in relationship with you than we are about being in relationship with anybody else. Father, I pray that you would examine the distance in my own life that I create between me and you. And I pray that you would close that distance as I try to close that distance. And you would make a move towards me as I make a move towards you. Let me desire you again. I pray in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning, you say, Steve, I don't know Jesus. There is distance between me and him. And I have not asked Jesus to become the Lord and the Savior of my life. And I need him. And I recognize that I'm a long ways from him. But this morning, I want to make the first move. If that's you, we will not embarrass you. We simply want to pray intelligently for you this morning. But you're making that first move towards Jesus. Would you quickly just raise your hand and you can pull it back down. I'm submitting my life to him today. Is there one? I'm going to take by that that everybody in this room knows Jesus. And so my question simply becomes to you this morning is how far away from him are you? Is there increasing distance or are you closing the distance on Jesus? you know what flavor he is? Or are you at a safe distance? This is how we're going to end this morning. Before Tari comes to close us, I'm going to give you some time here to really search your own heart and your own life and examine your conversations, examine your relationships, examine your passion and make some adjustments if necessary. I'm going to ask you to make an altar where you are rather than coming all the way to the front and taking the time to do that. I just simply want you to turn, if you're physically able, and kneel at your own chair. Make your chair an altar. Get in a private place. And forget about the people around you just long enough to figure out just how close to Jesus you are this morning. And then I'll come back and pray and close us. But... But I just really sense this morning that some of us are drifting to distance rather than drifting towards Him. Let's pray. Find that place on your own. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.